You're listening to Flint Co. Forward, our ecosystem of innovation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flint Co. Forward. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. So one of the key steps of Construction 101 is completing an as-built drawing, creating a detailed and precise record of final design and construction specifications for a project. And an exciting part of the digital revolution in construction has been easing a lot of these workflows from initial sketches to as-builts. And today, we're unpacking the pitfalls of what happens when as-builts don't adapt to these available technologies as well as which workflows are really seeing a revolution due to supplemental workflow technologies. So I'd like to welcome Kevin Bromenschenk and Jason Schrader. Both are regional VDC managers for Flintco. Kevin, Jason, welcome. How are you both doing? Doing awesome. Thanks for having us today. Great. Thank you, Daniel. Absolutely. Looking forward to chatting with both of you. So let's jump right in. Let's get a feel from the ground. Uh, What's the general attitude toward traditional as-builts? Uh, from your on-site personnel, how do they typically feel about them? You know, what's the what's the general industry thought on completing a traditional as-built? Yeah, I think it's um, I think what's happened is there over the years there's been a perception of what the term as-built means, and um, it, you know in the past I, we didn't have computers that would plan ahead and help us coordinate how to really get through all the means and methods of how to route ductwork and pipe around structure and through one another. And so a lot of that um, planning and problem solving happened out in the field. And um, so you would start with a set of drawings that, that told you to do it one way. And through the process of putting things together in the field, you realize that it should go in another direction. And, and that's, that was the beginning of the asbelt right there. A uh, person out there, tradesman, would then grab a red pencil and start marking up, making some notes on how they had to alter the route that they were initially told to do. And over the course of the the entire project, all several of those red lines and notes and rerouting would be documented by hand over top of the you know the original documents that they were building from. So that became the first step and really the red thread to the finished as built. Um, for many many years so i think that's the biggest perception of what an as-built really is you know like so i i think you know at the end of a project you hear the term well send me your as-built and let's see how everything was put together well, i th- i really do think that 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 has evolved that that whole thing is that whole process has evolved and the perception of what it was in today's world really isn't the answer and it's really not the uh the definition of what an as-built is today Although I, I think that if you looked at what your design, typical design specifications show, is they're just looking for exactly what Kevin described, just in electronic format, which is a PDF version of a red line drawing that was derived from something, whether it's a guy taking a tape measure in the field or marking up a coordination drawing or a construction document. But to us, that doesn't really meet the need or the term in today's world of an accurate as-built. Yeah, there, there's definitely a couple of things that can today define what an as-built is. It could be in reaction to um, maybe a smaller project didn't have 3D coordination, maybe a project um, didn't get you know coordinated very well, whatever the case may be, and we get to the end of 
of, um, of the construction and what we have on our documents or in a model is not as accurate as what got put in the field. Um, and, and really, if, if that person, the people in the field aren't documenting what they're doing and that, and that occurs, we've got to go to another technology. And you know, Jason's a real expert in our, in our company with laser scanning to go out there and then capture what was put in at that point. Yeah, and the uh, there's really a new, it's kind of a, a relatively new thing, but there's there's even industry organizations such as the USIBD or US Institute of Building Documentation that really dives into uh, the specifics of laser scanning for capturing existing conditions and as builds. Um, in fact, there's a new industry term called LOA or level of accuracy that goes into uh, really fine detail of uh, what your tolerances are and, and how accurately you're capturing those existing conditions and actually certifying uh, that capture and the report that you're providing. So obviously uh, the integration of BIM technology uh, has been to the, you know, to the benefit of these workflows. So how's, how reliable is the workflow of an as-built that hasn't integrated BIM technology? And do you often see lapses and notation somewhere that can create, uh, you know, a domino effect of issues for completing an as-built? I think it's a very costly step if if you do not have a, a workflow that will track things as you go accurately and uh, make your expectations known to the entire subcontractor team that you're with. Um, let's take an example of a design change that comes up, an RFI that gets asked, um, a response comes out, and, and, and we go ahead and follow that response. That, that, that may come in the form of a small sketch, 8.5 by 11 sketch, uh, maybe a reissued construction document. So there's a couple of workflows right there, let's, just at the document level in the PDF state, that um, need to be addressed by the operations team. That, they need to be like that RFA needs to somehow become part of the construction document. Um, there's uh, you can use Procore, you can use uh, Bluebeam, number of ways to hyperlink those things and integrate that into uh, or slip sheet. You know, get a new sheet of drawings. You slip that new sheet in and replace the old sheet. Now it's got the new information on there. So now that that document or that sheet or sketch is integrated into that PDF set of construction contract documents. There's one step. The second would be then, is that information getting relayed to that subcontractor's um, model that they're using to develop into shop drawings in the field? So those, those steps need to happen. There's an evolution and a tracking and, and keeping track of what you're doing as you do it. You can't just kind of go on the fly and then at the end expect to collect the data. Um, if you do the, the latter, it becomes a very expensive, very um, time consuming and hard to retrace all those steps and make, make an, extra, uh, an accurate set of as-builts. Um, so it's really important that expectations are, are communicated to the entire team and a workflow is put in place when each one of those occurrences happen, what takes place to um, capture that change as we go along. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree, Kevin. It's uh, 
an, an as-built isn't something that you just wait to the end of the project and do. It's something that has to be done incrementally throughout the process of the project uh, because that's the only way to capture the things that you need in an as-built. And I think uh, too often the industry waits till the end to say, oh yeah, we got to do as-builts, everybody turn in your as-builts, and um, that the data that they get is uh, innately inaccurate because of that workflow. Everybody's trying to get off of this job and close it out, finish it up, move on to the next job, and they got one more thing on their list that they got to do before they can do that, and it's a scramble to get it done. And I think that that's just a a bad workflow and and doing the things that Kevin's talking about incrementally through the project is really the key. The evolution that we that we need to make is like Jason said, don't wait till the end. Um, make sure you're tracking the things as they happen, and you have to continually update the models at the end of so at the end of the job they're reflecting each little thing that is happening during the process of of construction. Um, what's happening today is we don't have a, we have this, we're right in this middle section of, Hey, we're expecting a well-coordinated set of models to develop our shop drawings for us to build on in the field. So me in the field, if I'm out in the field, I'm expecting that to go very smoothly these days. Um, and I'm also kind of assuming that potentially someone else is tracking changes, right? There was a time and a place where, you know, light tables and those sorts of things are not very accurate or a good means of doing coordination. So there, the expectation was if I'm in the field, uh, my team's relying on me to capture these changes. They knew that they were the kind of buck stops here sort of place of solving problems. Well, now, and, and then they would deliver those those um, problem-solving notes to the architect. used to be that that would come to the architect, in my experience. I don't know about you, Jason, but when I was with an architect firm, we would get those red lines back from the contractor at, at the architecture firm, and then we would make adjustments to the, to the construction documents and deliver then the as-builts to the owner. And what I'm seeing today is, is that's really falling a lot more on the contractor because we're sort of the last means and methods towards how's everything getting routed in this building. And we're recording that through our subcontractors and their level of detail is so high, much higher than the design was that that becomes a big part of the asphalt is an accurate model because that model is the, is the origin of the shop drawings. The shop drawings are a direct derivative from that model. And so that's uh, that's really critical. So like y'all have been saying, I think the construction process really has become much more proactive, much more flexible because of things like BIM technology, cloud technology, which have really allowed the seamless transition of information, of models, uh, and helped create accurate models. So have you seen this really revolutionize the way as-builts should be treated in the grander workflow scheme and if so how you know like how how are these technologies really allowing as built to be a continuous process versus a final process you know i think um honestly it, it really does come from us communicating the expectation um 
you're going to have to tell a lot of people what on the team that you're involved with this process. Um, our field engineer who's writing and receiving RFIs and maybe integrating those responses into the construction documents, he's, he, they play a major role in this. Um, our subcontractors who's on our BIM coordination team, that person plays a major part in this. We may coordinate for um, a certain period of time and then generate shop drawings and go out and start building this thing. But changes will occur after that stops. That primary coordination period um, does come to a, a, a fairly, you know, and, I mean, it comes to a definitive end at some point and we have to go build. But changes still happen after that. And there's still need to know that they're in charge of picking up those changes after that occurs. And it needs to be brought to the entire team's attention if a major coordination element needs to be done with the entire team. And then that affects, you know, a lot of different people. So defining those expectations needs to be, you know, talked about. Um, you know, we're finally getting away from the tradesman who's, who's an expert at putting things together, trying to run an office out in the field at the same time. I mean, and we're taking that, we're trying to take that burden off of them so they can focus on putting in a quality product the first time, the correct time, and not worry about the office stuff. Like they, they just want to be given the correct thing to build and they want to build it the best way they know how one time. And um, so that paradigm shift of responsibilities and and those sorts of things we have to we have to define those things and that's what this discussion's all about because honestly the perception still falls back on a set of asbilts are some scraggly pieces of paper with red lines on it that right. comes back at the end of the project and it even though this evolution is happening the term asbilt still kind of I asked somebody today, what does an as-built mean to you? And they said exactly that. It's, it's, it's a set of documents that has a bunch of red lines on it. And that's that's why we're talking about this. You know, we're redefining that. And there are standards out there that help us do that as well. So what are the specific technologies that you're seeing really uh, empower this next level of as-built? Everything from laser scanning to workflow soft la uh, software to um, you know, layered BIM integration. Uh, what are all the different things you're seeing really elevate as builts into this uh, next generation of construction? So I think that we're seeing as builts evolve into uh, numerous deliverables, not just one consolidated set of PDF drawings. I mean, it could be consolidated in some cases is, but uh, it's really a conglomeration of uh different mediums or technologies used during different phases of the project. For example, early on, you might be using drone surveys to do quality check and overlays. Well, along with that, you're verifying where the trenches are, the as-built of the trenches and the foundations and checking all those things for being accurate. Um, as the building starts coming up out of the ground, you may incorporate laser scanning, which is you know, the extreme level of accuracy, you may incorporate something such as uh, Matterport 360 views from instruction site or hollow builder, um, or even multi-vista, all different types of services, different levels of solutions. Um, but they all can be used to capture 
the building as it goes up and you're capturing the things inside the walls you're capturing the things above the ceilings all those things that get covered up um, throughout the course of the construction in the final project that you can't go back and measure you can't go back and see where if, if a pipe's in this wall or if it's in that wall um, the only way to do that is either through the BIM model or through some sort of reality capture tool and so you combine all these technologies, all these reality captures, drone surveys, laser scans, PDF red lines, and a coordination model, and there's your as-built, right? It's, it's not just one deliverable, but we're finding that we have to come to the table uh, with these technologies and offer these technologies and say, hey, here's what we can provide. None of these things are standards yet in the industry. Um, they're things that we offer to our clients, to our design teams as here's a higher, what we think an as-built is and, and how we can provide it to you in different ways through different means. Yeah, I mean, Jason goes out and... Um... You'll use our laser scanning tools to check flatness of slabs. He'll check trueness of shafts for elevators. Uh, all of those things gives a documentation of the accuracy or the actual as-built of the building. Um, we've even gone back and used laser scanning to, to reproduce the model in its entirety to identify all the pipes. If, uh, all the ductwork, everything, and and have that completely remodeled to create again. There's a, there's still a perception of I still want a set of 2D drawings that says where everything's at. Um, so even though you do a laser scan, you have to get your way. You got to make your way back to sometimes that that expectation of getting that set of deliverable 2D documents in some way, shape, or form. So even though you use that 3D point cloud, real accurate stuff. Um, it has to be brought back down to that set of documentation. So again, an owner's expectation of an as-built, if, if it is a PDF 2D document, you, you'd be very wise to know that in the very beginning because now you know what levels of technology you can employ to do that. Now, I certainly wouldn't want to let, if that's the expectation of a deliverable at the end of a project from an owner, I would not dare let my team you know, go to the very end of the project and then laser scan and then re reverse engineer and remodel and come back all the way to 2D documents when we could be doing that all the long. We'd be saving ourselves or doing ourselves a huge disservice by, you know, allowing that to happen on purpose or just ignoring that and just let everybody go in that direction. So, um, again, what is the owner's expectation of it as built? You might want to talk about that at the beginning of the job. And um, that's definitely going to say, well, what these are the tools we need to employ to, to achieve that, guys. And these are the workflows we need to have in place. And everybody has to be a part of that solution to do that. But along with that, it's it's partially uh, educating owners of the technologies that we have in our toolbox that they may not be aware of. You know, can every owner go use a, a coordinated, you know, as-built BIM model or a laser scan? No, they can't. But can they use a PDF with hyperlinked uh, 360 reality capture views? They probably can. Uh, if they know that technology exists, that may be something they want. Or they may just want the clunky old red line PDF drawing. 
you know, and what thing, you know, PDFs have come a long way too. I mean, we kind of say that's the bottom of the barrel type of deliverable, but really it's, I mean, these things are so integrated now. It's amazing. The, the ability to get from one document to the next. And then also um, with the 3d or excuse me, the 360 uh, cameras that are being used, these Garmin verbs are tracking exactly where you're at as it relates to the plan. You tell it where you're at on the plan. And when you start taking your, your photos, it's tracking every place you are on the plan. So it's not just a folder structure full of like thousands of pictures anymore. It's, that I want to see what's in that this point on the plan, and you just simply hit that piece, you know, that point on the plan, and it pulls up the the pictures. And once you're in the pictures, it says, you know, it tells you you can walk to the next point. And now you're in a kind of a v, a virtual reality kind of thing, and you're always being able to look up and down and all around. So it's a really it is an outstanding uh, deliverable as a form of as built. And how are these technologies and um, this new more integrated and more proactive workflow being received by on-site personnel. You know, people actually uh, working the project, people reporting back on changes on the designs, you know, is being welcomed? Uh, is, has there been any strain in implementing any of these technologies and in any of these uh, workflows? What have been the responses from the ground? So the, the great thing is, is that a lot of these tools and technologies that we're using now for as-built documentation uh, for us on the construction side are really great quality control tools. Um, so I think it's something that's been perceived uh, pretty well from most of our teams, whether it's using uh, 360 reality capture views to know that something has or hasn't been done when they're communicating with a sub and being able to relay that information instantaneously, uh, not have to walk out to the field to go verify something. Uh, or if you're validating your elevator shafts and know that they're true and plumb so that when the elevator guy shows up, you don't have a delay of him saying, oh, your shaft's out of plumb and you got to come in here and rub this concrete or you know make whatever modifications you have to to get that shaft intolerances for that elevator. Uh, we're not having that delay because we've scanned the shaft and know that it is true and plumb. And if it isn't, we're able to make those modifications prior to him showing up. So just some examples of, of how these technologies are great at capturing that as built, but also helping us and from a construction standpoint in terms of quality control, quality assurance. I think the perception far and wide in just layman, maybe even outside of the, the construction industry, they'd be surprised at knowing what technologies are there to capture all of these things. And I think, you know, even within our own industry, all of us are have our eyes open by the, the possibilities of how accurate and um, how systematically step-by-step step, you can track your progress of the project in a, in an accurate way. Um, again, I can't stress enough about talking about the expectations of each team member's role in accomplishing that. Uh, anybody that ignores um, the importance of what they're doing on a daily basis can really short circuit that whole deliverable at the end. 
Um, you could think that all these things are happening, um, but if somebody, for whatever reason, doesn't do their part, then we're we're standing at the end of the project, thinking we've we've tracked all these things along, and and they're just not there. And when what you have to do at that point, and we talked about this earlier, is is kind of reverse engineer that building to capture what you've done through through the process of the uh, the laser scanning process and going back and, and going backwards there to get get to that point. So the communication of the expectations super important and definitions of each person's role on the team is critical. And then from a Flintco perspective, is there uh, any unique application that Flintco has embraced with this new workflow? Uh, you know, do you all feel like you've launched um, BIM-focused as-builts in a way that differentiates you from the rest of the industry or at least reflects where the rest of the industry is or should be going? We're certainly taking the steps that we've talked about to communicate um, what we expect out of our subs. One of the things that, you know, at, you know, the primary focus in the early past 10 years that I've been in the industry or in this part of the industry for BIM coordination and that kind of thing was, you know, we, we need to coordinate this model, create our shop drawings and, and, and go about onto our next project kind of thing. Um, we, we at times would not receive the, the actual native models from subs that we're actually creating our, you know, our content that we were coordinating with. And so that left us with a, a viewable model and it may be a well-coordinated model, but we don't have a tangible um, file format that then can be built off of and used on that client's next project. They, you know, putting things in a Navisworks model is basically a, you know, an export or a, a, a view into the, the actual file format itself that they was that the model was drawn in. You know, models that they use for drawing in are very robust, very um, filled with information. And Navisworks is always a platform that 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 kind of strips away a lot of that stuff and gives you a stack of cards that really is about the volume, really about the representation of the volume of space that each thing takes up in an accurate manner um, and enables the model to move freely and quickly. Um, if you try to do that in the model they actually create, all the information is still in there. The, all the details and the, the, um, the, the information in BIM is in those models. And in the end, we need those. The owner needs those. That, that, that's, the, that's a very strong, tangible deliverable at the end that defines the as-built is that accurate model that people were, were drawing in. So telling them that we need those on a monthly basis and for sure at the very end of the project is a deliverable that they must know contractually they owe us and because we owe it to the owner. All right, so to close out the conversation, I want to uh, actually hear about a particular project that y'all worked on in the past. I know it was a, a big learning lesson for y'all on how uh, an integrated, as-built workflow can really be beneficial. Um, and it was definitely a learning lesson on how not having an integrated and uh, resourceful as built workflow can be a, a really costly detriment to a project. So go ahead and give us that story for that large scale project y'all worked on. Um, and what were some of the, uh, some of the learning lessons you got from it and how has Flintco moved forward to adopt some of these, um, these more proactive as built methodologies. 
we definitely have had our experiences where, you know, lessons learned are valuable um, means of creating workflows that are, you know, more positive for our future development. And this is no exception. Um, our project was a multi-story sports facility. And um, I think there's, there's some reasons why that, that could have the coordination may have fallen behind and the, uh, the team out in the field just had to go ahead and coordinate some things on their own, put things in, really adopting old methods of solving problems in the field. And we have, a, you know, basically what we end up with is a coordination model that doesn't represent what's in the field. Um, obviously, we have a obligation to deliver an as-built at, at the end of the project. And, um, and it was very apparent to us and the owner everybody involved that what was in the model is not what's out in the field. So we had some work to do. We went ahead and um, totally, you know, took this, this, this issue head on. We employed laser scanning. Uh, we, we removed every removable ceiling tile that we could and uh, scanned everything that was above that because an accessible ceiling is something that we would access and main, maintain units up above there. If it was a hard lid ceiling, we went ahead and we all accepted the fact that we wouldn't be getting up there anyways. And so we didn't scan above those areas and uh, went through floor by floor, room by room and scanned every single thing. So from that point, we had to then um, go ahead and model and employ a modeling service to model everything in that laser scan, identify the systems, and again, reverse engineer that building back down to a set of PDF as built, representing where the equipment was, where all the primary routing of all the systems were going. And that just took a lot of time and expense to do that. Um, again, had, had the coordination stayed ahead of the schedule um, installation and then any changes that came along. And we adopted a workflow to track those changes and adopt and integrate those as we went into each subcontractor's models. We would have had a set of models that we could have easily either generated PDFs from or handed over those models to them. If we could have shown that here's a model and we look up in the duct and everything's in the same spot, they would have probably accepted that as the as-built at that time. So, you know, lessons learned are that all the, all the workflows we talked about today, all the technologies we talked about and how we would communicate things differently. And then from that, we also learned that laser scanning is actually a really valuable tool to enable and empower design teams to do a more accurate as-built of an existing building um, to start a design for a new project. So we've quickly adopted that into new projects that we're doing moving forward. And um, we're empowering um, our designers and our partnership with them to collaborate and give a, a, solid, um, a, a solid design to, to, to move forward on a renovation, for example. And, and that's just something that we've learned that, hey, if it works for going backwards, it should work great moving forward. And so we're using it as a planning tool rather than a tool that we would use to react to a, an issue. So I think all in all, it was a very positive um, experience. Uh, it was a good lesson learned, and that's how we all get better. And um, what I love about Flintco is they addressed it head on, and um, everybody is still um, doing very well in that relationship and happy with the deliverable. We've, we've made some outstanding new relationships that moving forward are going to benefit Flint Co. and any of our new clients moving forward. 
All right. Well, Jason, Kevin, based on all the insights I've gotten, it really feels like Flint Co. has adopted that full force and um, is really trying to be a pioneer in using BIM technologies, cloud technologies, and the ease of data transfer uh, and you know updating those 3D models to create seamless as built. So I appreciate both of you for joining us on the podcast, giving us this honest look at integrating, uh, you know, a different as built workflow, not only to your company, but to the rest of the industry and looking forward to chatting again in the future. Again, we've been chatting with Kevin Bromenschenk and Jason Schrader of Flint Co. Kevin, Jason, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Flint Co. Forward. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to flintco.com slash about slash podcasts. That's podcasts, plural. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.